So, we have to finish off the uh, final touches of the last sugya. So, we were talking about one of the young tevim of the Goyim that may or may not be usher to um, do business with them before that young tev. It was Yom Hamisa. So, Machlik is Tanayim about how seriously do we take Yom Hamisa in relation to do they burn the property of the king? The Chacham Shita was only a king that was so beloved or so serious that they burnt all his nachasim, do we take him seriously enough that it's an Avedah Zara, Yantif? If not, not. Which brought us to a topic that, brought us to the topic of Uvchukasayim Leisei Leichu, Chukasagayim, Darkei which brought us to the topic of we also burn our king's property, and we discussed the ramifications as far as Baltashchis is concerned, and the ramifications as far as as far as Tzav um, uh, is concerned. So we we said, what do we burn? We burn all of the king's personal effects, his kalim, his clothing, his personal items, his service items, everything that he used, we burn, as if to show. No one else can ever use this again. No one else can ever benefit from this again. That's how special he was. No one else can ever use it again. So we have this definition of what we burn of the king, what we destroy of the previous king, only his personal effects. To which the Gemara asked yesterday, ah, we have this policy that we're oikrin alamalachim, which means we sever like either like a tendon or a part of the foot, the back foot of a cow, and or back foot of an animal. And we, so we discussed that last night. So where I said, yeah, our definition is still right. It's only his personal items. So what, why would you destroy an animal? It was his personal horse. As if to say, his car. So that's why, that's where we got up to last night. So we are in the second to last line of Yodalaf Amidalaf. Says the Gemara, So you're trying to keep this definition very, very tightly packed. Only personal effects. Only items that he used. His clothing, his bedding, etc. Really? What about animals? Yeah, his horse, his car. So now, generally, people only ride on horses. Horses are not kosher. So, according to your definition now, I would never find us uh, sort of mutilating a kosher animal. Because if the only animals we mutilate are limited to personal effects, i.e. his car, well, horses are cars, kosher animals are not cars. So I will never find, or I should never find, ikor, this mutilation on a kosher animal, because a kosher animal is never a personal effect, it's property. It's, you know, your food pantry. Says Gemara, but time you learned in a brisa, any time mutilating the animal will cause it to be treif is aser, is aser, because you're not allowed to, Rashi learns, you're not allowed to cause a trefa to an animal. Tesis doesn't like that. Tesis says that um, 
that the, it, it, why do okay, Rashi says you're not allowed to cause trade with an animal. Ubehema tahiraloi, but Tanya a ikar sheyesh by trade for usher to mutilate an animal from the knee and above, which would cause it to become treif is usher. V'she'ein by treif mutter. If it doesn't cause the animal to become treif, it's mutter. Really? So how do you mutilate an animal and not cause it to become trefa? If you remove the, the, uh, the bottom of its foot, the process of its foot, from the knee and downwards. Bottom line is, we see that we talk in terms of ikor, in terms of mutilating an animal, in terms of a kosher animal. Now, if your definition is true, that the only property of a king that we burn, the only property of a king that we destroy is his personal effects. So when I challenge you about an animal, you see, yeah, it's his horse, i.e. his car, then why would we be talking about kosher animals? Kosher animals, sheep, Cows, they're not service animals. So your definition is in trouble. You said we only destroy items that are in service of the king. Where does a kosher animal come in there? So where says Tirgamar Papa, Ba'agala in a carriage, Hamashachas, Ba'agala with a calf, Hamashachas Bekarun, that pulls a carriage. Yes, you can have a kosher animal that is in personal service to the king. You have cows that pull a carriage. Not just horses. Horses, you're right, are for riding. No one rides a cow. But a team of cows, like we had in the Torah and the Mishkan, a team of cows will pull a carriage. So, uh, my definition is correct, and this is where the sugya ends. My definition is correct. The animal, the, the items that we burn of a king are limited to his personal items. His clothing, his bedding, his personal items. Ah, how does animals come into the picture? When the animals are his personal items. How is an animal a personal item? So an Amadal, is it a horse? I how about a kosher animal? Yeah, kosher animals can be personal items as well when they are the team that pulls his carriage. Okay. Hmm? So his wife, it's a, it's a Sugin Sanhedrin, only a king is allowed to marry a king's wife. Which was why, which was why, if you remember your Nah from back in the day, which is why Amnon wanted to marry David HaMelech's, you know, the Isha Shunamis. Uh, yeah, the Shunamis. Why? Because like this. He's not a king, so he can't really marry a king, a king's wife. But he wants to show people he's a king. So if he chopped her, then he has like basically like a buy one get one free sale. Like he has like what was a king's wife ish, and this way he can have. But but otherwise he wouldn't be able to have. That was that whole shtick over there. King's wife is restricted from marriage. Yeah, and if the king is your father and you're not allowed to marry her, so like she, yeah, basically becoming a king's wife passes you for the rest of your life. You know, it's the opportunity you get, and hopefully it's a nice long life and you retire. But either way, you get a good retirement plan. Not um, other kings well, if you're Jewish, there's no. not so many other kings. No. <laughs> Same, if another person becomes king and she's available... And right, but usually your son becomes king. So it's not, it's not good. I'm looking for a... Somehow, there's a way. There's a way.
someone else's son becomes king. <laughs> Which is worse for you than your wife not having someone else to marry. Yeah. <laughs> if you think about the big picture. <laughs> anyway, um, you, you know, yeshivas pay the rabbits in a lifetime, uh, a lifetime pension. Set the last thing in the Mishnah, the last yontif, was the grand shaving day. So if you look, if you look in the Mishnah, Adav Ches. So the Mishnah said, Yom Tigalachas Ziknai Ublur Yosef. So there are two, there are two days that are celebrated as far as shaving is concerned. Number one, when he cuts his beard. Number two, when he cuts off his blurious. Blurious seems to be, like in the back, they left, they, like, um, I think you call it a mullet. They, they cut their whole head short, and then the back they left like a, a tail. And when that got long enough, once a year, to be a grand ceremonial cutting of the ponytail. So you have these two shaving days. The question is, is each one of them in and of themselves a yontif, or is it only a yontif when you have the double whammy? Ibailu. Hey, katani. How do you read the Mishnah? Yom tiglachas ziknai. When he shaves his beard, v'hanachas bloriyasav. And since he's getting a haircut, and he's leaving the ponytail that is still cause for celebration, which means it's a regular haircut. It's like he gets those every month or every three weeks. He shaves his beard, but he leaves the blurious. So are we talking about a yontif every time he gets a haircut? When he shaves his beard, and he cuts off the ponytail, which is a yearly event. So the Gemara is saying, what kind of haircut shaving are we talking about? The grand one once a year when the beard and the blurious went? Or is it the like monthly or weekly or bi-weekly haircut where the beard got trimmed but the blurious stayed? Says the Gemara, Tashma, Ditanya, uh, Tervayu. Bryce says clearly each one is its own yontif. Yom Tiglach HaZiknei V'Hanochas Blur Yosef Yom Tiglach HaZiknei V'Havaris Blur Yosef Both haircuts are cause for celebration. The kind that he trims his beard and leaves the blurious and the kind that he cuts his beard and cuts off the blurious. Each one is a yontif. You don't need the grand double whammy of haircut and blurious. <coughs> so ends the list of the first two Mishnais of Avedizara of the Yamim Taivim that the uh, that will cause Isser of business. We have this list Kalanda, Satanura, Kratzim, all these Yamim Taivim. Says the Amira Rihuda Mashmul, there is one Yantif that was left off of the list, a super special yantif. And what is that? They have another celebration in Rome. Once every 70 years, they make this yantif. Now, what is the significance of 70 years? The Rishayim explain very, very beautiful. The Rishayim explain that we know that Golas Bava lasted 70 years. So the prototype 
for how long the Jews should be without a Beis HaMikdash is 70 years. So the Romans looked at history. They said, Bavel destroyed the Beis HaMikdash, went into Galus Bavel Paras for 70 years, and that was the end of Bavel and Paras. Bavel and Paras were not able to hold the Jews down for any longer than 70 years, and after 70 years they regained the Beis HaMikdash. So Rome destroyed the Beis HaMikdash, and they kept the Yidin down for 70 years. And basically, they, in the back of their heads, were expecting, okay, now our time comes. Then it comes 70 years, which, by the way, was the Mishnah Achashverosh made. Achashverosh knew he only had 70 years. And when his version of 70 years came and went, he was like, hey, I'm still here. You know, I remember waking up Shabbos morning of uh, Y2K. Like when everyone said like everything's gonna like like woke up shot this morning, oh, look, it looks okay. You know, everything looks fine. So so uh, wakes up after seven years, says like, Hey, looks fine. I guess like I, you know, I cheated death and he made a huge party. He was wrong because he made the wrong khaj. The Romans noticed this. And the Romans looked around after seventy years. Seems pretty dead in Jerusalem. No one's getting Bas Amigdash. We seem to be be pretty firmly in power, wow, this is amazing. Let's make a yontif. And, and when Rome made this yontif after 70 years, it's not just simply a celebration, ah, I cheated death, gishmak. We know that Rome, you know, the Gemara tells us, Chazal tells us, we talk about this very often, my Hanukkah, v'chayshech, you know, al so the, the four Goliaths are described in the first Pasuk in the Torah. The second Pasuk in the Torah. So Chayshech Zeh Yavah. Al Pnei Tahaim is Zeh Edaim. So Rome, it's not another Goliath. Rome is the vast nothingness. After 70 years, they say, ah, this is our destiny. That we, we are not a limited Goliath. We are al Tahaim. We are the gullus of the vast emptiness of nothingness, of vapidity. And that's, that's the gullus Rome, and that's why they got excited. They're not stam, excited after cheating the uh, gullus for 70 years. This is our calling. We're not a time gullus. Cheshach was Yavah. And then Bavel had another 70-year reign. Everyone was slotted. We are unlimited. We are al So after 70 years, they realized this amazing um, accomplishment of their destiny, so they made a yontif. And then the Rishayim explained, every 70 years after this, they make this yontif commemorating the fact that their, that their gullus didn't last 70 years. So, achas l'shivim shana. Mevi another shalim. They would take a healthy person who is not, who is not handicapped, representing Esav. Umarkivin Oisai, and they would ride him al Adam Chiger on a lame guy, representing Yaakov. Because we know after Yaakov's encounter, everything is so symbolic. After Yaakov's encounter with the Sarai Shal Esav, Vuhutsai Leya al Yerechai. So Yaakov Avinu was handicapped. So in a, in a graphic description of Esav's supremacy on Yaakov, they take a healthy person representing Esav, riding, like riding herd 
over a handicapped guy, a chiga representing Yaakov. That's part one. Umal bishen oisei bigdei adamarishen. And they dress him up in the clothing of Adamarishan. What are these clothing? Rash says they're, they're housed in Rome. What this was, was that we know that HaKadosh Baruch Hu made Adamarishan a certain clothing that caused all the animals to fear him. And we know that Nimrod, Nimrod got this special clothing. And Esav killed Nimrod and took these clothing which in Esau's mind represents their shlita over the natural world. So they give the guy who's healthy, who's riding on the handicapped guy, who represents Esau, they dress him up in these clothing that Esau defeated Nimrod, who got this from Adamarishan. And this is Mamish, their, their, you know, they did like a title search all the way back to the original. We are the original clothing. We're the original owner of these clothing. And then they put on his head and they put on his head, if you remember in the Asarugim Malchus that we say in Yom Kippur and Tishabov, so the way they destroyed Rabbi Shmuel was Rabbi Shmuel was beautiful. So the daughter of the Caesar asked her father, don't kill him. Can you please leave him alive so I can be with him? And the father said, no way. Uh, he, he's dying. I'm not giving you that request. But I will preserve his skin. So they peeled off his skin in a gruesome way, and they preserved his skin. And then they re-put it back together like it's a taxidermist, and they have the, the I don't know if it's called a sarcophagus, I don't know what you call, I don't know what a carcapilla is in English. They, they have this carcapilla, the mask, sort of the outside shell of Rabbi Shmuel's face. So the healthy guy is representing Esau, who's wearing other Mauritians' clothing. They put on him the look of Rabbi Shmuel Kaingadol. Vitala B'tzavar, and they hang on his neck, a necklace, bling, miskal, reish, zuza, that weighs, some people have gears of reish, which is 200, Others change gears to Dalad, which is four. They put on his neck an expensive piece of jewelry. De Pisa of, of Spitz gold, the most expensive gold in the world. And they decorate all the marketplaces in Rome with diamonds. And they call out in front of this procession of the marching of the healthy guy riding the Jewish guy. Kiri of the master, Sach Kiri, the Cheshbin of the master, Pilaster, is false, which means Yaakov Avinu said that at the end of time, we are going to rule again. And they basically says, sorry, your Cheshbin of Achar Sayyamim is off. It's not going to happen. Sach, like when we talk in Hebrew, Sach HaKol, Sach, the Cheshbin, of your master. Tysus doesn't like that they called Yaakov a master. Tysus says it doesn't make sense that they will call Yaakov a master. But Rashi learned, the Cheshbin of your master, Sach Kiri, the Cheshbin of your prince, your master, Yaakov Avinu, is false. Palaster, it's a lie. Achva de Marana, the brother of our master, meaning our master being Esav, his brother, your master Yaakov, Zaifene, he's a liar. In fact, he stole the Bechaira. He's a, he's a Mezuyif. He, he 
tricked Esav and he got the Bechaira. And look, you see, false, your, your, your lying never pays off. The Chami Chami, those who merit seeing this parade, this procession, Chami, to see it. And if you missed it, you missed it because this isn't going to happen again for 70 years. It's like Haley's Comet. So there's very few people. You, know, you don't have to be super old to see Haley's Comet twice, but you have to be born at the right time. If you're born, you know, 35 years into Haley's Comet, you're probably not seeing the next cycle. So the same thing here. If you're born 35 years into this special 70-year Roman procession, so and it happens when you're 35, you're probably not going to see it again. So the chami chami, who sees it, sees it, lechami lechami. Mayahani what good did it do for the liar, Beramuse, with his lie? Which means Yaakov Avinu attempted to steal the Bechaira, attempted to steal history, attempted to steal destiny. Look at him now. Look at him now. We destroyed the Besam Mikdash. Rome is on the ascension. Judea is on the decline, if not decimated. We're symbolically riding this Jew, this handicapped Hinkadikahid, and we're, we won. The liar didn't prosper from his lie. Ulazaifana and to the Ganif, the tricker, Bizaifnuse, with his lies and his trickery. Umisaimin Bahachi. And then they end with a cautionary tale. Vailidain Kanyakum Dain. Woe is to this one when this one gets up. Which means, guys, enjoy this while it lasts. Because if they ever if they ever rise, we're dead. So, I mean, this is a shiggle problematic because a minute ago they said, haha, look, the cheshben of Yaakov Avinu is off. And then they say like, whoa, we're dead. So, so which one is it? Do they believe the Jews are wrong? Yaakov is wrong. His prediction didn't come out. Or do they believe, uh-oh, when they rise, we're dead. So I saw someone answer very beautiful. We know that there's two ways Mashiach can come. Bi'itai and Achishana. With a time, with his cheshbin, or because we bring Mashiach by doing tshuva. So this is what they're saying. Mashiach's never going to come naturally. But watch it. If they do tshuva and bring Mashiach, then we're in trouble. And that's, and that's what the Romans are saying. Just one more end note. And uh, we'll stop. Amr Bashi. Says Rabashi, by the way, Hichshilan Piyam Rishaim. The Rishaim, those Romans, their mouths was machshal them. Because if you really look at their Lashen, they're really not saying negative on Yaakov, they're really saying negative on Esav. I Amru, if they would have said grammatically correct, Zaifana Achva Demarana, that he's a liar, the brother of our master. Kitakamri, it would be what they wanted to say. But Hashna da Amri, they said a little different. Demarana de Zaifana, that they said he's a liar. The master is a liar. If you parse the sentence the way they said it, they're actually calling Esav the liar. Marana Gufa Zaifanahu, their master himself is the liar. So says the Gemara, okay. Very good. So you just described a whole nother Roman holiday. So the list in our Mishnah is incomplete. 
You said every Roman holiday in the Mishnah, you just described an incredibly major, symbolic, deep, Mamash, we're talking as deep as it gets, an understanding of world destiny. That sounds like a serious holiday. Why do you leave it off the list in the Mishnah? It says more very simple tarots. Why didn't it count it? This is very simple. We're talking about yearly holidays, not, not uh, generational holidays. The Isabu called Shata Vishata Kahoshiv. The ones that come every year we listed. The less of Khoshata Vishata, the ones that don't come every year, like Kahoshiv, it didn't list. And that is that is the end of um, the end of this. Now I I seem to remember I'm gonna stop the recording for a